Hey yo, what's up, weebs? Today's podcast is brought to you by Podgo. Oh, I love these guys at Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section in the application. Do that today. Now, enjoy the show. Go everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Weebcast. Oh, Weebcast, baby, is back. We back and better than ever. And uh, if you're a Patreon user, you're probably hearing this on a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> in the middle of the week, chilling, just trying to survive this week. But if you're not, you know, I understand it's okay. Cause I still love you guys if you don't support on Patreon or if you do. But if you're not a Patreon uh, um, supporter of Weebcast, which you can go at patreon.com forward slash Weebcast show, then you're probably hearing this um, at the usual time on a Friday around at, at 12 p.m. Eastern, which is fine. I'm just glad to be able to my voice to reach your ears and talk about some good anime and manga goodness because I got a lot going on in this episode and i think you guys are going to be super excited because i'm talking about the one thing that i've joked about for months and months and months on and yes it's the infamous the famous the illustrious the the godly the 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 manga the manga and anime that sits up top the throne in the anime and manga scene that is one piece yes it's chris me yes i will be talking about one piece um on today's episode but it's going to be a specific topic it's a topic that people have been talking about for goddamn years years man and i'm going to be talking about the will of d look at the tarot you already knew you already knew what you were coming in here talking about the will of d and what and what's it all about in the one piece um story uh, but before i get to that um, if you listen to this podcast, wherever you may be listening to this, the number one in, um, anime and manga podcast on the internet, make sure you rate, subscribe, review it to all that good and juicy stuff on wherever you may be listening to this podcast. And also consider being a Patreon. Actually, you know, don't consider it. Just support the pot. Wait, that's kind of mean, right? Does that mean? Is that, is that okay? Like, can I do that, uh, production team? Oh. I can't. Is that? It ain't that bad, right? Look, all right, consider becoming a Patreon. You get a lot of cool things. You get ad, ad-free episodes. You get episodes early. Um, you get bonus content. You get so much. You get shouted out onto the show. You get shout out your projects, your art, music, anything, podcast, whatever. You get shout out on the show um, every week, week in and week out. And so much more stuff. And you get it for cheap. The first tier is only $2 a month. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I offer a lot of benefits. You're going to freaking love it. Um, like I said, if you and if you do, you get to hear this show almost two days earlier. You can hear this on a Wednesday in the middle of the week. You can hear it before, any, before the public even gets it. Um, so it, it's obviously why not? Why not um, support the show? Especially if you like what you've been hearing over these last few months. Um because why not what just why not um but let's let's get into what i really want to talk about and that is what in the hell this is the will of d in one piece um now i've been wanting to talk about one piece for a long for on the show for a long time um i've made fun of it constantly um i jab at it like I'm a goddamn professional boxer and One Piece is in the corner just tired of getting to beat the fuck up out of me. Look, as much as I beat up on One Piece about how average and sometimes subpar it has been in over the course of its history, I still like it. Both things can be true. I can still think it's a 
top 40, top 35 sh uh, show of all manga and anime of all time and still like it, okay? Just because it's not in my top 5 or top 10 doesn't mean I don't like it. There's a lot of shows I like. Um, and there's very few shows and mangas that I love. And this is just not the one of the ones I love. Um, but there are a lot, there are a few topics and a few details in the ever expanding work that is One Piece that I do occasionally do a little bit more than just like, I dare even say, um, enjoy. A little something I may find some infatuation with. And that is the Will of D. Um, like I said, you can go on YouTube, go on Twitter, especially YouTube, and you'll probably find a thousands, thousands upon thousands of videos talking about the will of D and what it means, what we know so far and all that good and juicy stuff. But, um, I, I feel like I have something more stuff to say. I feel like something more interesting, you know, I feel like we could spice up the conversation a little bit, you know, I'm tired of hearing the same old, same old, and I'm sure they're good people. And I'm just, I'm tired of hearing the same old, same old. So I wanted to do it myself because I think I could do better. What do you guys think? But the culmination of One Piece will go down as, you know, surely is one of the most anticipated events in manga and anime industry. It, it, it just It's just going to be. Uh, One Piece keeps stacking up arc after arc, which orients towards the overarching theme of the story. Um, since its start, over two decades ago, one Piece has accumulated some mysteries that revolve around its central theme. The biggest mystery of them all, or one of the biggest mysteries. I think it's one of the more interesting mysteries. I think it is the number one mystery, the more interesting one in the entire series. Um, and that is, and a part of just from what One Piece itself is, the will of D. Uh, the significance and nature of the will of D has not been revealed by Oda yet. Um, all of the facts uh, that associate with the Will of D and the Void Century in history and just the existence of an ancient city on the moon. Um, it, it's theorized that the discovery of D's truth will lead to the truth behind One Piece itself, which I think that's no secret to anybody. Uh, throughout the story, Oda provides hints and information regarding the real true nature of the world in One Piece. He discloses the significance of overlooked details and gives life to the mystery that holds the story of One Piece together in a nice little shonen bow. And this podcast episode will cover everything known about and associated with the will of D. Um a name that keeps popping up throughout history, creating storm after storm. Um, but the Willow D, associated with the middle initial D, uh, found in names inherited secretly uh, throughout the entire world. Um, even if the bloodline is extinguished, the name and the will itself does not die out. As acknowledged by several people throughout the story, the name seems to create a storm wherever it goes um the d clan are also known as the enemies of god um and even the former pirate king inherited the will of d and so does our lovable stretchy protagonist monkey d luffy um, the the exact meaning or the really full form of d really hasn't been revealed yet um and it will likely be be final one of the final climaxes um, in this story. Um, by the time it's about 2025, 2026, if Oda's um, timing is right, he said in an interview about a month ago saying he's got about four or five years left of, of story left on One Piece. So, you know, let's hold him up to that. Let's 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 hope it is. Let's hope there's just five or four or five more years left. Um, but let's talk about where it first appeared. Do you know that? The, the Will of D was actually first mentioned uh, in the Drum Island arc when Dr. Kureha reveals the name of the late Pirate King, Gold D. Roger. Uh, it it, it kind of introduced the concept that there was something that the world government wished to hide 
uh, from his populace. And she also claimed Luffy to be a very, very dangerous man. Um, I think she even says when she's seeing him, so it lives, the will of D. That's my Dr. Kura Kureha. It's probably, yeah, I've, I haven't heard her voice in a while. I'm not even quite sure what she sounds like. Um, and this information is actually linked back to an uh, SBS, SBS question in volume eight of the, of the manga. Um, and the reader proposed this comment to directly to Echiro Oda. And I quote, in Monkey D. Luffy, what does the D stand for? Is it Donburi, uh, which means a bowl, or maybe Daibutsu, or giant Buddha statue, or maybe, I'm really curious, please tell me. And Oda, and these SPS, as he usually does, answers questions from readers and fans around the world. Well, I guess it's just in Japan. I'm not quite sure if he takes people, but whatever. <laughs> Oda responded. I've gotten a ridiculous number of these letters, so many, but I cannot answer that question. I can't answer it yet. Please just read it as D and don't think too deeply in it for now." End quote. The Willie D was, I think later, I think the next appearance about the Willie D was later mentioned by Nico Robin, um, all the way back in the Alabasta arc when she rescued Luffy from the quicksand and she's out here and you know Luffy and her are now face to face and she kind of she asks Luffy about the meaning of the D in his name and why those with the name fight but uh and then Luffy was just he just had no idea um dumbfounded or maybe just not interested in it but later during the Saobodi archipelago arc Robin asked Silver's Rayleigh about the significance uh, of the will of D. Um, and that is when we found out that there is a concrete answer to this question. You know, waiting for them at the end of the journey. And it's like, oh, of course, of course it is. Um, and, and even in the post-war arc, the five elders, um, where they all kind of represent maybe famous world leaders, um, in our in in our real world you know like gorbachev um gandhi and all that cool stuff um the five five elders actually stated that the d meant danger which i don't think it actually means danger they were just meaning i think they just meant like hey anybody with a d in their name man they're bad news they're just bad news they're gonna cause trouble and more work for us and look we're already old we ain't got time for all that man I mean, which they really don't, I guess. I mean, that's why they have the world government under the thumb. So, I mean, kind of all works out, right? Um, but you really can't talk about the world, the, the will of D without mentioning the void century. Um, and the will of D is often associated with with this um, this void century. Um, but what exactly is the void century? Um, well, let me explain. In, in all of One Piece's recorded history, a particular time period is deliber deliberately hidden from the people of the world. Um, and this time period was a hundred years long and took between 900 and 800 years prior um, to the current storyline. Uh, and that is precisely what the Void Century is, a missing piece of recorded history. Um, and during Nico Robbins' flashback, we, we kind of see that upon the research of the polyglyphs, the scholars of Ohara discovered the presence of an ancient um, and just illustrious, majestic kingdom. Um, it disappeared from the face of the world 800 years ago, precisely when the world government was formed. Do we have any spooky uh, things? Do we have any spooky? Sound effects production team, or we have anything like that? I like that. I like that. That's not bad. That's not bad. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Um, but let's to the pony glyphs since I mentioned them. I should talk about the pony glyphs, right? The pony glyphs were introduced during the Alabasta arc, and the pony glyphs are mysterious, simply just mysterious slates with history inscribed on them in the form of ancient uh, lettering. Um, and according to Tamango, there are 30 poneglyphs scattered um, in the world. And being the pinnacle of Wano's supreme craftsmanship, 
by Agent Kozuki's Stonemasons. Um, the steels are impervious to any dam damage, um, even from explosions. So these are sturdy as um, block slates of whatever the fuck they're made out of stone, you know what I mean? Um, but notably, only two characters um, are known so far that can decipher these cubes. Nico Robin and Charlotte Pudding. Um, and these polygraphs are the only the only real last remnants of the void century that we know of um, and they carry messages written by people of the ancient kingdom so they wouldn't really be so they will not be forgotten by time um, and there's actually words words on the uh, Shandora ruins one uh, and I quote keep thy motives and hearts with a closed mouth we are those who will weave history with the ringing of the great belfry end quote um, and, and, and interesting about these pony, pony glyphs is that they're divided in three categories, I believe. Um, we have the historical, instructional, and road. Now, historical reveal pieces of ancient history, obviously, and as well, messages written by the ancient people. That's what it is. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, but the more interesting ones, the ones that I'm a little more interested in are the instructional and road ones. The instructional ones contain instructions um and clues about locations of the other historical pony uh pony glows. and my favorite ones um the road pony glows. and they contain simply a location um, the combined locations detailed by all four road pony glows allow one to locate laftel or raftel um but what does the d stand for and for all the people childish out there you know snickering to himself when i say that and try to clip that i'm serious, I'm serious. what do you think the d stands for though in this case like it's obviously not a simple something as simple as danger or something like that but unfortunately we just don't have the answer to this question um look i'm not gonna go through all the theories and ramblings that the One Piece community have debated about over the two decades of this uh, series being out and published. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think there is a theory really. I haven't seen a real good theory. I mean, there's a lot of good theorists in anime in general, but especially in the One Piece community, there's a lot of good theorists, trust me. And they're incredibly smart people, but I don't think, I doubt we'll see, I think the answer will be much, much, much simpler um than what some of the theories theories that i've read over the years uh, and that's what it usually is the case the answer is much more simpler than we than we believe um but the inher the the inheritance of this said the is is also another interesting subject to be honest um the narration at the end of the logetown arc it said uh what, what did it say it is uh person pull it up from me Thank you so much, baby. Thank you so much. I love I love those guys. They they deserve a they deserve a little clap to themselves, right? Right. Give it up. You guys are awesome. Love my production team, man. They do a big for me. They do a big for me. Keep me in check. Um. But it said, uh, "Inherited will, the swelling of the changing times, and the dreams of people. These are the things that cannot be stopped." As long as people seek the power, answer to freedom, these will never cease to be. Um, and there are currently 10 known inheritors of the Will of D. Uh, four of these 10 have been confirmed as deceased, though. Um, our dead ones. Let's go over the dead ones real quick. Obviously, we have the King of Pirates himself, Goldiraja. Um, and then we have um, his wife. Portix D. Roque, and then his son, uh, Portis D. Ace, and Jagger D. Saul. Um, and there are live ones. The one's still kicking. Um, and I do think we're going to see one of these die. I Look, I think we're going to see one of these Willow D. members kick the bucket in these last, in, by the end, 
in that last arc i i i fully intend so i guess that's nothing surprising so it's not no that's no hot take there but we have monkey d garp monkey d dragon monkey d luffy marshall d teach trafalgar d watcher law and rocks d zebic as our living willing or d inheritors um and the, the inheritance of the name and how this is passed along has been shrouded in a thick fog of mystery throughout the story. The biggest mystery of D is that most of those who carry the D themselves are unaware of its true meaning. And I think that's one of the more interesting tidbits about this, and I think it's not talked about in a lot of these theories. I've only seen it mentioned very, very rarely when, it, when, when I was researching this. Um, I think we fail to realize that it's weird that none of them, or usually I, th that we know of, that they don't know, they either don't care, and they don't, or they either don't know too much of why they inherit the will of D, or if they even, you know, it's just they have it and um, they're just kind of living their life, <laughs> laughing and just trying to do what they, you know, doing the good old jolly pirate life, you know what I mean? Um, but Jagger D. Saul displayed a lack of knowledge on the sub on on this on the subject alone when nico robin asked him what it meant um similarly even when monkey d luffy with you know when she asked uh luffy about why those who carry the d fight he was clueless like i said he was clueless, and she was he was just not even clueless about it but he was just clueless on why she was even asking what she was even talking about um uh, even trafalgar law's parents seemed to have some knowledge on what what D meant, considering that they that although they passed down the initial to their child, they hid it um, and insisted on using only their surname and given names. Um, but obviously Goldie Roger is the first and as of yet only known D bearer um, in the storyline to have discovered its meaning. Uh -huh. But I don't know, and that's another thing that people do bring up a lot, is that Goldie Roger must know. Like, he must know what the Will of D is. But what they don't bring up a lot is, I'm sure he didn't let that, he didn't let, he didn't, I'm sure that information had to be passed on. Um, this is the same man who was smiled at his death, openly said that I have a I have treasure hidden somewhere out in the world called One Piece. Go out there and find that bitch. You're gonna think the guy that guy is that confident, that strong, the guy, the king of the goddamn pirates, wasn't gonna, you know, sneak in maybe some hints about the Will of D. I doubt he let that kind of information go to his grave. Um, but some of the common traits of these um, inheritors are really interesting as well. Uh, firstly, it, it kind of appears that all the inheritors of the D kind of all share a similar faith in destiny and dreams, which is, I think is just a like I said, it's not. We're not digging. Like I said, this this is a your typical show, and we ain't digging that deep. Dream starts with a D. Destiny starts with a D. You know. <laughs> um, look, we're not. I was gonna say we're not digging that deep. All right, guys. Uh, and just the general consensus that regarding the D's appearance is that they would stir up things on a global scale. This could be wars, change in government, um, the dawn of a new era, uh, and some of these inheritors of D are just unaware of its meeting and like i said as of yet the first to discover the meeting is the was the pirate king himself goldie roger second uh most of the here all the inheritors of d are able to withstand a higher degree of punishment than others and only succumb to death when they believe it is unavoidable um kind of like when luffy was almost almost died in logetown uh, before that infamous lightning struck and this and stopped that uh, execution there um he was fully he said look he was like i can't with my with the power i have now i'm i'm about to perish here so this is the end for me so i'm gonna smile on and let it happen um and a third and the third thing the astonishing evidence of how the d bears smile or laugh in the final moments um witnesses even claimed during gold d rogers smiled during his execution ace and saw were, all, were seen smiling as they died and frozen to death respectively um even smoker 
small saw Luffy smile in a similar way during a very near a very close near-death experience and the smile is usually interpreted as acceptance and these are just some of the instances that support the idea the only exception um, to this was uh, Blackbeard or Marshall D teach um, and the last two are a little more character traits I think they're not that important I think they were just they're just added because the typical shonen male kind of thing but narcolepsy uh, which is, is is we've seen it in luffy uh, his grandfather garp his brother ace they just seem to sleep at the oddest times and just even during battles and you know, they'll sleep they'll sleep anywhere and the real last one uh the, their appetite just their massive appetite D-bearers such as Blackbeard, Luffy, Garb, Ace just consume um, enormous amounts of food in one sitting. And like I said, like I said, those two are just I don't I, like I said I don't think they really bear anything deeper meaning other than like um, oh hey you know we're different we're showing them protagonists you know we're important people we have we're quirky we sleep and we eat a lot I don't think it's I think real surface level type of stuff um, uh, but. There was something about the D. And yes, you can kind of laugh it up. I know it's, <laughs> it's real funny. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the D. <laughs> the D. <laughs> but uh, the enemies of God thing. When Don Quixote Rosante learned that the law is a D, he revealed to law that those with the initial in their name are from the fated family of D. Um, in the, and in the country of Rosante came from, children were told that if they misbehaved, they would be eaten up by the D. Um, similarly, elders of that country seemed quite wary of the storm that those with D were known to cause. Um, Rosante explained to Law that the D had been secretly inherited worldwide and throughout history, and that in a certain land, the family of D was referred as the natural enemy of God. Um, and according to Rosante, the Ds are considered the natural enemy of the Celestial Dragons, and which the Celestial Dragons are have been dubbed both in the anime and manga as gods. Um, and then there was a there's some blur some there was some and there was some shines of some good uh, executed foreshadowing with the Luffy versus Enel fight, kind of setting up um, Enel as the god of Skypea. Uh, so with the Luffy versus Gotti now, I thought was a, a very good foreshadowing to this thing. Before any of the information of the D Clan being the natural enemy of gods was established, Luffy himself, our stretchy heroine, Hero, fought and defeated Enel because of the fact that you know rubber is a natural enemy to electricity. So I do like that kind of um, that that little that uh, little hint. And what was to come. And so Oda, I gave you a little props to that one. Imusama. Um, the highest known authority in One Piece is none other than Imusama. Almost everything about this individual is shrouded in a thick fog of mystery as well. Yet from the fact that he's the king of the world who rules from the shadows. And that's all that's really clear about him. Um, Luffy will ultimately topple the current world government. I mean, it's no surprise. We know that's going to happen. And it's going to tear down his regime. And complete the circle of a D clan member defeating another, you know, quote unquote, god. Uh, now, some unexplained information. Uh, since, since the Will of D, since the D specific nature has not been revealed quite yet, all we can really do is just theorize what it can be. Um, but before we do that, there are some unexplained pop plot points that we really need a refresher on, namely. Joy Boy. Joy Boy was first mentioned during the Fishman Island arc, I believe. And upon deciphering a Ponyglyph hidden in the Fishman Island uh, forest, Nico Robin found out that Ponyglyph had an apology written by Joy Boy. Uh, in writing, Joy Boy apologized, apologized to the former Poseidon for being unable to fulfill a promise. Uh, and while, while not much is really known about this character, it is obvious that he was someone important enough to have an entire poly, uh, polyglyph to their name. Um, it is often theorized that Joy Boy was a member of the D clan. Um, next, the giant straw hat. 
During the introduction of Yuma-sama, we were shown a giant straw hat that, that was locked inside of the Holy Land of Marijua. Um, and nothing else has been revealed since about this giant ass straw hat, but it's often theorized that the hat belonged to Joy Boy himself. Um, next, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the name of the ancient kingdom. You know, during Nico Robin's flashbacks, Clover explained Ohara's finding at, findings at gunpoint to the officials of the Cypher Pole. Um, but right before he was shot down, he was about to take the ancient kingdom's name lost in the void century. Uh, it just seems very suspicious. And it's really often theorized that the name had to do something with the will of D. Um, and that this, the country's name most likely is tied to a name. Like I said, I think the will of D is literally just stands for a name. Um, and nothing really deeper than that. And I think people were that name were stigmatized by the um, what would be grow up or which would come be, come to be the celestial dragon. So the, basically they could have been a family of traitors, rebels that were maybe good with the with the nobles at the time all the way back then. Did something. Notice that they oh wait, they all have D in their name. That means must be the they gotta be the devil. So, you know what I mean? But um, next, Enel's great space operation. Like, what the hell are we doing? No, we don't. But the tenth cover story series, chapter I think, chapters between chapters twenty-eight and chapter chapters four hundred twenty. I'm sorry, between, uh, to chapters four hundred and seventy-four in One Piece manga shows us Enel's adventures on the goddamn moon. Uh, after Enel set sail for the endless Vraf, the moon, he encounters a small group of small robots known as Automata. Um, as well as vicious group of space pirates. And after a series of events, Inel's Goro Goro no Mi powers wound up activating not only all of the automata, but their city as well. And the self-proclaimed god discovers his true roots. Um, during the cover story, we kind of see an ancient city on the moon, and which seems to be where Skypeans really originated from, but you know, in the, just not on the sky, but all the way up in the sky known as space. Um, and if this city isn't as ancient, as advanced as it seems, it may, it's definitely going to play a larger role when we discover more about the ancient kingdom. Uh, Capone Beggy's uh, disappearance. Uh, this is something odd that is overlooked when people watch or read One Piece, but in chapter 594 of the manga and episode 511 of the anime, Capone Beggy's ship is pulled into the sky by a gigantic black object. Um, and after this incident, um, he was seen in Big Mom's Pyre crew. There's been no mention of this incident since then. And it's really just unclear if this is just a plot point Oda abandoned, maybe he had a plans for it and just really never got around to it, wanted to keep the story moving. Or is it something that holds a little more deep meaning? It might be related to some of the other mysteries that we've stated. Um, but yeah, now you're caught up all about on the Willa D. Um, and, and some of my thoughts, some of my interesting thoughts on about it and all that good stuff. Look, One Piece is great. It, it's, I mean, it's good. It's, it's pretty good. Um, make sure you guys watch it. I mean, if it's not, it won't be a waste of your time. Definitely, you won't be ever, definitely won't be seeing for those of my Patreon viewers, which one of my bonus content shows is, is it worth watching? You'll never see One Piece on that because it is worth watching and it's worth reading. Um, you'll, you'll get a good, you'll get some good laughs. You'll, you'll definitely enjoy yourselves. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. I, I really hope you enjoyed this part because I would say right after we're going to get into some ads and right on the other half, we're going to get into my, one of my favorite parts. One of my favorite things to do is read manga, but, and also, also as much as I just like reading manga, I love reviewing the hell out of manga. So right on the other half, we're going to be getting to the weekly manga review, baby. I cannot fucking wait. Oh my God. Production team. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for some uh, weekly manga review? I, I bet you can't fucking wait. Right, bro. All right, 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 right. Come on. Hit me up with some good shit. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I like that. I like that. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you, but like I said, that is coming up and much more on the other half. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. 
So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, hey, it's Weebcast Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Weebcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying the show because, like I said, we've talked a lot already. and We're going to get into a lot more. Um... Into some more interesting topics because look, it's we it's the weekly mountain corner and it's back, baby. Back. Um, but I hope you enjoyed my one piece discussion and just about the Willie V. Hope you guys catch up. Um, because it hasn't played too much recently in the current one piece landscape right now. So I really just wanted to compile things that I liked about the Willie V and kind of present it back to you guys. Um in a nice concise fashion. But right now, we are back and I wanna do some manga reviews on the weekly manga quarter my favorite segment to do in all of recording uh this podcast this is my favorite thing to do look i'm a manga head i eat manga all the goddamn time and i love i love reviewing it and sharing it with uh my my my, my listeners out there and just my friends and all that good stuff um look it's the ending of a week well, unless when you're a patreon if you're a patreon supporter you'll be hearing this in the middle of the week right on two days early more than the act than the public even gets to it so and ad free so <laughs> but um look it's the end of the week which can only mean one thing it's time for the weekly manga corner for the weekly shonen jump magazine shueisha's legendary manga magazine has been releasing every week for over 50 years at this point and it's still has enough exciting series in its roster to justify its hollowed status. Plus, with Viz Media now publishing the entire thing in English, there's never been a better time to jump right in. <laughs> See what I did? In this and in this episode of Weebcast, what we're about to do here, um, I'm gonna have Moi, AKC Dub, Chris, the independent variable, um, Mori, the mailman. <laughs> to investigate the latest and greatest in the world of Weekly Shonen Jump, telling you what's worth your time and what's not. And this week, we are chatting Chainsaw Man Chapter 85, Maguchan God of Destruction Chapter 12, and Mission Yozakura Family Chapter 51. Ah, man, it's been so great. It's been so great. Uh, but I'm just going to start off strong with one of my favorite mangas out currently running right now, Chainsaw Man. Um... But I want to start off Weekly Manga Quarter this week off by saying that as a rule. I, I try to leave at least a couple of, of some time before featuring a series again in this lead spot of the Weekly Manga Corner. Um, ideally, is what I like Advisor to do is just to like, you know, scroll down the many episodes, pop on an episode, check on the second half of that episode and see what I'm talking about on the Weekly Manga Corner. And so you see a variety of series and chapters that I've talked about. Um... And all that good stuff. Because um, what is really intending to capture just both the variety that exists in the Weekly Shonen Jump. And maybe kind of prevent one series dominating the proceedings. Um, but once again, and for like the third or fourth week in a row, maybe whatever the case may be. I, chapter, Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 is going to force me to break this goddamn rule. Uh, I just can't help but I just can't talk about it. Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 is incredible. It is the perfect encapsulation of why I love Tatsuki Fujimoto's writing so goddamn much. Madcap, unhinged, and endlessly creative. It also comes in a string of incredible chapters. While Chainsaw Man hasn't been a leader for a couple, you know, for a while, it has been featured as a part of a lineup for for editions practically every two weeks since then. So, you know, what makes Chapter Man, Chainsaw Man, Chapter 85 so special? Well, believe it or not. It has nothing to do with the surprising plot developments or character de- deaths, which you know I will discuss later. But everything to do with an interview that Yuji Kaku, author of Hell's Paradise, uh, Jiko Kuraku did um, over last weekend. 
In it, Kaku described that Tatsuki's Fujimo's writing style as one where the gag element of a character is the driving force of the story. Um, more generally, one could say that Fujimoto is the very concept-oriented writer, and he has very clear profiles for his characters and simple ideas for his stories, which can at first glance appear quite kind of juvenile, right? But Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 is one such story, and this week, Fujimoto asked the question, what if Chainsaw Man went to eat a hamburger? And further, further he asked, and what if Konbeni was there? The end result is both beautiful and both parts terrifying, perfectly showcasing the appeal of the series. Um, and here, look, sorry, but you know, I'm not a comedian, but I got a joke for you. Um, a, broke, a broke young man, a chainsaw dog demon, and a hopeless klutz walk into a burger joint. What happens? As Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 correctly points out, all of the employees would be absolutely terrified of the dog demon, and while the young man just wants to chow down on a burger, and the klutz, bless her, her, her soul, bless her heart, can't help but let her knees give in to the pressure. <laughs> Fujimoto's combination of the, of, the, of the macabre and the mirth role is just as effective here as it's been in the past, forcing laughs out of the reader, but also causing them to fear for her own character's lives. You know, this, there's true horror in the way Chainsaw Man waits patiently for his burger while the employees do their best to follow the preordained ritual. Only, only to have Konbeni mess it up and, and someone die. It, it, it's like being stuck on the worst type of neurotic fairground ride ever. Being rolled around on the, you know, on the waltzers while seeing the corpses of fellow passengers go splat in the comedic funhouse mirrors. Ah, <sighs> good times, good times. The way that Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 takes the very simple concept of the titular character walking into a burger joint and elevates it into something incredible brings forth the comparison of uh, with, let's see, oh, the let's go eat some Italian food from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And this is not simply because of their fast food based theme, per se, but both, but because both stories are simple enough to be understood from their titles, yet go so much further beyond what their audience might expect from these, from these situations. Of course, the only difference is that Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 is much, much, much darker. Um, helping Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 along is also the character of Konbeni. She has long, she has, she has long since been a favorite of the fan base, but her inclusion in, in this latest chapter perfectly cements her as the tortured pariah of the series, never dying, never killed, but constantly suffering as a result of her own flaws. And is that not a fate worse than death? <sighs> Speaking of death, there's also a couple narrative developments in Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 that we should probably talk about. I am, of course, speaking about Makima's quote-unquote death right at the beginning of the chapter. Chainsaw Man tr crashes into where she was standing uh, standing with uh, Kishibe and cuts her head to toe. Surprisingly, you know, surprising stuff we got here. But thanks to the you know, exposition delivered uh, from last week's chapter, we know how impactful this death in Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 could be. Any devil that Chainsaw Man kills is erased from existence. As a result, it would seem Makima's gone forever? Nevertheless, I sincerely doubt that this will turn out to be the case though, because if Makima dies, not only will the series lose one of the most iconic characters, and I think one of the, the best villain they have in the goddamn Shonen Jump magazine, but also much of his narrative momentum. The whole story up with its point and has been part of the control devil's machinations. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, in turn, if this was all part of her plan, even if it contradicts what she told Kishibe last week. In any case, Chainsaw Man Chapter 85 will probably go down as one of my favorite chapters in this entire series so far. With Chapter 82 was already up there thanks to Makima's laugh scene, but Chapter 71, Chapter 64 were also all good strong contenders. Uh, but it, it does have that combination of hysterical and horrific. However, that just inches it out just ahead for me. Um, with Magujan, God of Destruction Chapter 12. But now we have some time for some something completely different. You won't find any surprising character deaths or stomach-churning horror in uh, Magujan Chapter 12, but what you will find is a whole load of wholesome humor that it, and a change in narrative that proves very exciting for this series' uh, future prospects because uh, summer is coming to a close and in the real world, as it has already ended in Magujan, last week's Chapter 11 saw protagonist Ruru return to school um, from summer vacation 
introducing Magu to her friends and making some new additions to the Destruction Disciples along the way. But this week, however, it becomes pretty clear why author Kamiki K has chosen to shift the setting, the series' setting, instead of an endless summer. It now becomes possible to transfer Magu-chan into a school series. Because as it turns out, Rue's friend Kikyo is actually really into the occult. Sounds like my kind of girl, but like really into the occult. She's been operating the occult research club on her own for the past year now. Left behind her graduating upperclassmen, what Magu-chan chapter 12 consists of then is the classic save the club by getting together necessary amount of members storyline. Ah, don't you love classic anime plots? Yeah, this is exciting for many reasons, but firstly, it offers hope for narrative structure to what has essentially been just an aimless series up until now. I mean, not that it's been really a problem so far, but it may prove difficult to maintain in the long run. Um, but furthermore, it could widen kind of the scope of the story from simply being the misadventures of Magu Makeeku and into something more closely related to the occult, the arcane, and the prospect of meeting other elder gods, you know, along the lines of Napu is tantalizing, you know. Um, of course, the idea for such a story only works if you have the quality of characters to maintain it. Um, and in this regard, Magu-chan Chapter 12 seems quite promising. You know, Kikyo herself is pretty entertaining herself and a nice addition to the cast. You know, being obsessed with Magu-chan's unusual body and enthusiastically accepting in, in, um, initiation into the Destruction Disciples' blood oath. Ruru is quite unremarkable, and uh, but it is her relationship with Ren that has me really excited. Um, if being together in the same club can lead to more adorable, awkward interactions between the two, then look, I'm all here for it. Um, and to top it all off, Akuchan Chapter 12 is funny. Like, really, really funny. Much like its previous chapters in the series, it had me laughing out loud at multiple points. And especially at the end, when Magu-chan in this chapter kind of attempts to pass himself off as a human student. <laughs> and the teacher's reaction was actually pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, Magu-chan's chapter 12 is good. Uh, but what makes it even better is the fact that it opens up so many more possibilities for the series moving forward. Um, and for those, and maybe you've been like me, who've been already enjoying the series up until this point, but may have marked a new frontier in my appreciation. Uh, we'll have to just kind of see what next week's chapter gets up to, but uh, consider me firmly on board. Um, our last chapter in the weekly manga corner on Weebcast, the number one anime manga show, is Mission Yosakura Family Chapter 51. Finally, we come to Mission Yosakura Family Chapter 1. And speaking of engaged, I've been thoroughly disengaged with Hitsui Gonendada's spy series as of, as of late. Um, last week's chapter was pretty good, but... You know, but the recent climatic arc uh, had me bored out of my goddamn mind. Uh, call it an aversion to hyper-masculinity, but I just didn't find the family's outrageously muscular opponents very entertaining in this case. But at least this chapter is good, though. Um, but you remember Animal Crossing, right? It seems like everyone's forgotten about Nintendo's latest title now that the hype has kind of gotten died down since. But Mission Yodazuka's family really hasn't. Because in Chapter 451 opens up with Tayo and Xion playing one of the hackers, geniuses, custom-made hacking games. Um, parodies of popular titles that actually carry out real-life missions called Beast Crossing. Uh, no prizes for guessing what that reference is, though. Um, we already saw one of the games back in Chapter 11, and it's as entertaining as it is here it was back then. Um, even so, what makes Mission Yodazuka family even more entertaining is the fact that we finally get to spend some time with the titular family in this chapter. Uh, the criticism has been raised multiple, multiple times at this point, but the most annoying thing about Hitsui Godada's writing is that he prefers to, prefer, prefers to introduce new characters instead, instead of developing old ones. Um, whether or not this is being mandated by the editors is besides the point, as it gives the series that impression that being as wide as an ocean, but about as deep as a puddle. And much like Chapter 50, Mission Yosakura Family Chapter 51 remedies this by letting us spend time with Xion. Um, we also see a bit into her personal life as well, including her thinly veiled affection for Kenzie, which does wonders in terms of fleshing out her character. Uh, but certainly, this week's chapter is nothing compared to the pure fluff that was last week, but it still marked an improvement on the, on the previous arc. Um, but part of the reason why I chose to focus on Mission Yoda's Akuta Family Chapter 40, 51 this week is because it is dealing with the consequences of the previous arc. And I love when stories do this. 
Uh, Gundata is not shying away from the fact that Tayo has now uh, Yozakura superpowers, nor is he afraid to let him use them to overwhelm his opponents. Um, but my only hope is that he also learns the lesson of previous chapters, crafting some better antagonists while also focusing on what this what makes the series so compelling: family. Uh, much like the Fast and Furious, that is what all this is what that's all is about right here. But you can read Chainsaw Man Chapter 85, Maku-chan God of Destruction Chapter 12, and Mission Yosakura Family Chapter 51 for free on Viz Media's Shonen Jump app. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Weebcast, the number one anime manga show on the internet. This has been... What? We're on 30, 32 episodes, which is absolutely crazy. I'm just looking at it right now. 32 goddamn episodes, and we kind of got into a good rhythm now. A really decent rhythm with doing with original topic ideas starting off the show strong and then ending it with something chill something laid back with our weekly manga corner um so i'm liking the structure right now and also integrating with patreon with extra content and bonus episodes each and every week uh, i cannot wait and uh i got some help i got some friends in high places that have been helping me out um kind of organize everything so i'm really excited about that moving forward this show is growing and it's all thanks to you guys, so please keep listening, keep sharing, um, support the show on Patreon if you can at patreon.com forward slash weedcastshow. Please, 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 that'd be very much appreciated. Um, able to improve the quality of the show, um, get better guests, um, do better things, travel, all that cool stuff. Um, you guys can make it happen. I know you guys, you guys, some of the, you guys are the best listeners, some of the best fan, uh, fan base, um, anywhere in the any twitter any tiktok any tumblr doesn't matter you guys are the best i don't care where you guys come from i love every single one of you guys keep being cool um and keep supporting the podcast like i said um this has been weebcast um next week i got some cool stuff for you because next week i have um what i hope to be my tokyo ghoul retrospective episode um super excited for it but i'm talking about all about tokyo ghoul like i did in my bleach retrospective and kind of give it an official webcast rating and how I think it fits in the history of anime and manga. So that's going to be great. If not, if that's not next week, it might be then the week after. We'll see. Stay tuned. Follow my Twitter at BaseMPod. Follow the uh, Instagram at Weebcast TV. Support the show on Patreon.com forward slash Show. Just keep doing what you guys are doing. And I love every single one of you guys. Thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your home. This has been your boy C-Dub, a.k.a. Mori, a.k.a. The Independent Variable, a.k.a. C-Dub, a.k.a. The man with the blue thermos water bottle. Um, And I'm out of 2000. See ya.